1: Your next game is going to be deeply interesting because flaws. And here's why. In this episode, we're going to find some answers to how do we build interesting and applicable flaws for our characters? What are some tried and true steps to follow to avoid cringy flaws? And can we apply flaws to magic items? Welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm his brother, Travis. Nice job on the intro there. Flaws because flaws. (laughs) Because flaws. (laughs) It's going to be more deeply interesting because flaws. Flaws. I mean, this might be a little bit controversial, but like Superman sucks. Superman sucks. (laughs) There, I said it. The only stories that I've seen Superman in that are good are ones that delve deep
0: into one of his flaws rather than just kryptonite. Kryptonite is not a flaw. Don't write that into your character. A magic rock that makes them weak.
1: (laughs) I watched an argument unfold on Reddit over Superman's flaws (laughs) specifically. okay, And there was a couple of Superman fans that argued very vehemently for Superman of being a deeply flawed character in that he's too trusting of the good nature of humans and believing that we can be better. And somebody very observant said, that's like a job interview flaw. My flaw is, is that I'm too good a worker. I care too much. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not engaging. It's not interesting. Also, I want to
0: suggest the best flaw that there is, which is my character attacks
1: first and asks questions later. <laughs> uh, So <laughs> games will be a hundred times more exciting when you care about a character. Like when you feel connected to that character and the results of a particular fight or a particular encounter, you're just going to be that much more invested. And unless you spend the time like creating a, a deeper character, they can be essentially throwaways. So obviously today we're talking about character flaws and why they're the, one of the best things that you can give your character and how easy they are to fuck up royally and piss everyone at the table off if you make a bad one
0: yeah they're so easy to become annoying
1: to the real people you're playing with the problem is is that if we don't take flaws seriously and build characters that have deep and interesting flaws and usable this is especially difficult because usable flaws in a game you end up with flat static characters that sometimes can turn out pretty good, but are often really not all that interesting as characters. Like they can just end up kind of being background noise.
0: And I think when I've made bad flaws before and realized it way later, I've just written down a flaw, then forgotten about it because I couldn't (laughs) inject it in the first session. Yeah, I had no idea how to actually play it out. And then it was gone.
1: Or it was so specific to a, a unique scenario that... All the stars had to align and able to make that flaw applicable in the game. Every time I
0: see red rocks, (laughs) my toes break off.
1: If we don't build good flaws, we end up just pissing off the entire table because either they're not interesting at all or they're not applicable and they just sit in the background or they're applicable, but they're built poorly in a way that antagonizes the rest of the table and then we get at the least at a huge eye roll, an exaggerated eye roll every time this comes out. Or people are actually legitimately pissed off at you because you've got a flaw that stops gameplay.
0: Like if your character
1: likes to steal.
0: Oh my then God. And they keep stealing from party members. It's like, don't use it on
1: us. And ultimately, like you should be able to love your character. You should be invested like I said before, you'll be a hundred times more invested in a character and in every single combat if you truly love that character because they're, they're flawed and they're interesting. Yeah. And flaws are important because they invest you into that character that much more. Having a deeper and richer character that has downsides and, and challenges to overcome brings you so much closer towards that character. And without it, you don't really care about the outcome of any kind of dramatic fight because eh, who gives a shit? I made him in like three minutes. She lives or she dies. That sounds very close to Ivan Drago from, from Rocky. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> like, that's it. It's like, who gives a shit if this character <laughs> sticks around? And one of the big points that we're here to make is that when the flaw is actually connected
0: to your character, it's so much more powerful because... Yes, you can just hit Google right now and find lists of 10 or 20 or 300 or a (laughs) 1,001 flaws. (laughs) There are a
1: lot. Yeah, but if none of them matter to your character or none of them connect deeply to your character's story or their arc, then they're just kind of like, they're just fluff. Like they're just filler. Some of my favorite cringy kind of flaws, like we came across one listicle that had smoking in it. And it's like, sure, That's a bad thing, I guess. Don't smoke. But like, how does that work into a game? Is your character going to be so addicted to smoking that they're like foregoing combat or they just spend all of their money on... Like, where does that come into any kind of character arc either? Like, hey, my character kicked smoking. How about that? Or gambling. Gambling is the other one that is like the go-to for flaws. And gambling is a fine flaw. It actually can play into role-playing a lot better than smoking can.
0: It can certainly make for interesting little side encounters and
1: scenarios, for sure. But it's the go-to flaw for any flawed characters. Like, hey, I just made this dwarf. What am I going to do? Gambling every time. (laughs) And then now, all of a sudden, the, the party is being forced to... Like, every tavern that you walk into is like, where's a hand of cards? But... How do we get deeper than that? There's got to be something better than just gambling. That's true. Let's talk about it in strategy stateroom. This
0: is the strategy stateroom, where inventive and cunning tactics are crafted for when they're needed most.
1: All right, so the steps. If we're gonna actually break this down into usable steps, it all starts with building one major and two minor flaws. Any more, you end up a little crazy, any less, not a lot to work with. So one major and two minor flaws, and those have to be tied to wants and needs. And then the final step is really kind of putting them through a test that allows you to contextualize each one of those flaws and just kind of make sure that it, it A, isn't going to piss anybody off, and B is actually applicable. You can actually Think of it and then use it (laughs) Yeah, in different scenarios. All right, so let's walk through it. Okay, so we should talk about those wants and needs again. So this actually came up in our character backstory resource, which is on the website. You can download that in our resources section, but every character should have a want and a need. What's an example of a want?
0: A want is pretty self-explanatory. Your character... Desires something. It's at the top of their mind all the time. It's what they are working towards. I want a real life
1: sized Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have very simple wants. Yeah. Yeah. A real, like it has to be a flying <laughs> functional spaceship. Yeah. Smart. I think Good. We have the technology. Seems today. achievable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's a need then? A need
0: is something that the character isn't aware that they actually need in order to grow as a person.
1: So in your example, you need to understand that there is a line between fiction and reality.
0: (laughs) I guess, or I need to pour my resources into, you
1: know, making life better for my family and friends rather than (laughs) trying to attain. Sure. I like the reality thing because I think you have such a loose grip on what is real. The mind uh, makes things real by imagining them. <laughs> sure. Anyways. So the next step then is building a major flaw. So this is going to be the one that is kind of like centered around your character's growth, where they are coming from and where they're going to and what they need to really learn. So D&D is like typically heroic adventure and so we're making these really amazing characters and the heroes are all destined to save the world if they overcome the minor inconvenience of whatever X is. X is your flaw. So allowing your character to grow through that and triumph over that makes them an interesting character. Otherwise, they just end up being Superman. There's nothing standing in their way of being an amazing hero. Yeah. Or the character is is doomed if they don't overcome X, whatever that flaw is.
0: They either learn to overcome it or they let it take them over. Exactly. This major flaw has to actively hinder your character's need, but it feeds into their wants and desires.
1: Yeah, like I want to just like chill out and do nothing on a Saturday. (laughs) But we need to get this podcast done, Travis. Exactly. (laughs) So if I'm going to be an interesting character, I have to wrestle with that. If I'm just like lazy nature, an automaton that just sits up in bed in the morning and says, "Okay, I need to go downstairs and record an episode of a podcast. And there is nothing standing in my way who gives a shit. But because you now know that I am sitting here as a lazy turd. (laughs) And I don't want to put in the effort, but afterwards I got some character growth. I put out, hopefully, a helpful episode of this podcast and my character got better. Yeah. And a way that that laziness played out today, right before we started recording, was you reached
0: into a bag of chips you've left in this office for a week (laughs) and realized how stale they were. Can you please (laughs) not air all of my dirty secrets? It's my flaw. They were
1: really stale. They were really (laughs) bad. Still, you crunch them up enough and... No regrets. They go down. The reason this is really important for players to do is because antagonists in the story can be a force that lets your character know that they've got to change.
0: So DMs have a lot of ammunition once you've got a flaw you're wrestling with.
1: Yeah, and if you have a simple and usable flaw, a good DM can look at a table full of characters and their flaws and build a scenario... That actually forces that player into those into combat with their own flaw. Yeah. So
0: I'm your antagonist when I keep prodding you with a stick, telling you to get off your ass.
1: Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I'm not sure that that necessarily no, highlights right. that point. However, uh, a really good example might be Marty McFly from Back to the Future. If you haven't seen Back to the Future, the entire trilogy, pause the podcast and go watch (laughs) nine hours of film no however marty mcfly as a recap got pissed off every time somebody called him chicken
0: okay that's the super simplest flaw he has yeah
1: well it's a really it's simple and it's good like that flaw in and of itself the fact that he could never back down from a challenge yeah was really cool because it actually came from his family and his backstory. His family were all a bunch of ostensibly losers, you know, slackers. Cowardly in nature, kind of, yeah. Yeah, and he didn't want anything to do with that family. So he has, like, some issues there and would always rise to some kind of challenge despite the fact that he should probably just not combat them. And if you consider the series, every problem and every scuffle that he ever got into in that series was caused because he couldn't back down. Huh. If you consider his arc over all three movies, so there was this other story that kind of was percolating in the background about what happened to Marty's life if he didn't figure out character change and character growth. He would get called chicken and he couldn't say no to stuff. So in the second movie, you could see some areas of his life had challenges because he never changed that behavior. And then by the end of the third film, ultimately, his ability to overcome that caused him to stand down at the race between flea from red hot chili peppers in the truck and this like drag race that he was supposed to go into. And finally, he learned to just back down and to swallow his pride, and he didn't hit the Rolls Royce, and that just brought the entire series back around. So a really simple flaw of not wanting to back down became this huge thread for Marty McFly and made that character interesting. Totally. Do you have any Dungeons and Dragons examples? Well, like my personal character, Seven, his flaw right now is that he's unambitious, I think we'll get into that a little bit more later, because I want to run through some examples of this. And put the character that you're building right now to the test. Yeah, really, like, prove that (laughs) I'm not just talking on my ass. (laughs) (laughs) So another point on this, though, is that I think there's a really cool opportunity to play a tragic hero. If you choose a really destructive flaw, like greed or arrogance or impatience, if you are one of those players that doesn't love to put a ton of effort into a character and a ton of character growth, then you can still use some of these flaws to great effect in that you become a cautionary tale for the rest of the players at the table and add drama to the game.
0: Yeah, if you think your character is going to die anyways, you might as well give him a badass death in the process.
1: So imagine a paladin who has a flaw of insisting that they're okay with being martyred i will die for this cause well these are really destructive flaws and therefore the likelihood that you will die horribly is pretty high but your death serves as heightening the tension (laughs) of a of a particular game if you make sure before any dangerous situation
0: that you're doubling down on that flaw then if you die in that situation it's epic,
1: yeah, I remember a specific game that we played where we were as tiny squishy six foot tall characters up against literal giants, uh a massive ape like creature that was basically one hitting n p c s yeah, and we were playing with this like noble knight cavalier kind of character. That was kind of Zap Brannigan, like a lot of bravado and kind of stupid. And he was he was going to take down that evil beast and he just charged it with his lance and literally got one hit (laughs) wiped out. And the rest of the players at the table just went, oh, holy shit, this is serious. And it was significant in a way that it wouldn't
0: have been if he'd been having a conversation with one of us and that thing had snuck up. And killed him. That would have been meaningless. Him charging in and having that bravado was meaningful.
1: Yeah. So this is how you can still be a player who doesn't really care about characters all that much, but still provide a lot of value by working on some flaws. All right. So that's a huge aside. The next step is building two minor flaws. And the minor flaws, I think, often get
0: confused for the major flaw. So the major flaw is all about that character growth. And so many times I've written in a minor flaw and thought that's all I needed.
1: Oh yeah, if it's not connected to your character's arc or their growth, then that's a minor flaw.
0: They kind of just flesh out the character's personality. They make them distinct from other characters like them. In
1: my mind, a minor flaw is super important because a major flaw is great And it has a whole bunch of character growth opportunities, but the minor flaws are the ones that play a lot more of a role into the short game, into everyday kind of scenarios. Your major flaw is going to be played out over the course of 10 games, but the minor ones are the ones that come up all the time. And it's important to keep in mind that rich, deep flaws are sometimes the stuff of a solo story, like the valiant hero. We're talking Aragorn and, you know, big epic shit. However, D&D is an ensemble cast kind of thing. The deeper you make it, the less likely it's going to land and actually show up in an episode.
0: So I get what you're saying, like things that are going to come up in almost like the TV show format, the sitcom format, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Where Jake Peralt is a slob and that's most of the jokes made about Jake Peralta.
1: And they come up all the time. Yeah.
0: He's also got father
1: issues. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. You can work in dad jokes all the time. Yeah. There's hundreds of scenarios that those two might be applicable to. I mean, as you're role playing, if your character is a slob, you're describing pulling stuff out of their sack and they can't get a single item out of their bag without pulling the rest out. Banana peels and stuff like that. Or I they mean, show up and they're wiping their
0: face. I think I really do have to take credit for that being one of my flaws because of the backpack scenario that I have. Oh, uh, yes. Jordan's personal character flaw is that
1: he's a messy... A
0: messy human in the private places, like my backpack, where I you know, sometimes take bananas <laughs> for a snack when I work. They don't come out for a month in a liquid form. I had to embarrassingly take my laptop in to get fixed, and the, the technicians all just gave me very dirty looks as I explained that there was
1: an old <laughs> banana smushed into the ports of my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> they literally had to clean out mashed, pureed banana. He's got some character growth. So going back to the whole ensemble cast thing, though, is that that's why these are important, because your character is not a one show kind of pony. It's the combo that you make. So you might feel like just being a slob is such a basic flaw, but it's the combination of a few of those flaws mixed with the, the rich tapestry that the rest of the table creates because you can't hog the show all the time with these really deep, interesting, holy shit flaws that you've designed to come up In every game and that's really making me think about the character that I'm building
0: right now and how they're going to be in opposition to your character seven because again thinking about Jake Peralta and being a slob it's really powerful because it's in contrast
1: to the captain's cleanliness or Amy's fastidiousness and organization yeah like that's what makes that all the more funny or interesting
0: yeah when you've got some contrasting characteristics
1: All right, and then finally, we have to put our flaws through the test. What is the test? Basically, just think
0: through some scenarios and how it's going to play out. That'll tell you if it's actually going to be useful
1: when you're playing at the table. So the four scenarios that we've kind of concocted that you can put these flaws and just kind of put them in the context of each one of these scenarios... They'll give you an an essence of does your flaw stop the direction of the scene and does your flaw directly hurt other players? And if you answer yes to either one of those, toss it and keep working on a different flaw. So what are those four scenarios? Being in a tense standoff moments before combat. So what does my character do when we're in that scenario due to their flaw? So what's what's the next one?
0: Persuading a person who has something that you want.
1: Yeah, basically any kind of social interaction where you're trying to woo someone or, or get them to give you something or gain access to somewhere. Could be as simple as a shopkeeper. Forming a plan with your party. Everyone's standing around, thinking about how they're going to get through something. What is your character doing that is challenging in that scenario? And finally, solving a tricky puzzle. So as an example, we'll run my character Seven through these. This is very exposing. I feel very (laughs) vulnerable. Shouldn't have made a podcast. And (laughs) well, I should be feeling vulnerable because Seven is a mega badass born in a prison tricorn wearing highwayman, edgelord, super assassin of corrupt kings. Which is <laughs> heavy pretty... metal music. <laughs> heavy guitar riff. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's. I made him a long time ago. He was pretty, uh, I was new to D&D. I've been playing him for years upon years. Recently, when I decided to reprise this character, you know, I, I don't want to abandon my first character, despite that he's pretty cringy.
0: You just got to rework him.
1: I just roll my eyes. Yeah, I, he, he needs a little rework. So what I did recently when we were picking up these old characters, I said, you know what? How did anybody become this? <laughs> what would lead to <laughs> this person's growth into that? Well, that now that I'm a little bit more of an experienced player is a lot more compelling to me. So I made Edric who is the early form of Seven. Uh, He's in his mid-20s. He's happy-go-lucky. He's super friendly. He's literally the antithesis (laughs) of what he later becomes, which is mega, mega edgelord. On a dark character path. (laughs) So what's his need now? Well, his need is, is that if I made him the antithesis and he's super happy-go-lucky, I need him to take responsibility and learn to stand up for the little guy because later on, like, he's, he's very kind of anti-establishment kind of. So he needs to have a hate on for people in power. And so his need is to learn empathy and to fight for the little guy.
0: Excellent. And what's his want?
1: Well, again, because he was born in a prison because he's super cool, <laughs> uh, he wants to just live a comfortable life. He wants to chill and enjoy the outdoors. Kind of, I wouldn't say not shoot for the top, but shoot for the middle. He's like a squarely, oh, I just want to be comfortable and have some nicer stuff. It's pretty relatable in our current society. Yeah, Yeah. um, I'm right there. So it provides me the opportunity to kind of explore that reluctant hero motif. So if you're creating a major flaw, what kind of feeds into that want? His want is that, you know, because he just wants the finer things. That leads him to his major flaw, which is like being unambitious and kind of frivolous. Like he's always just, ah, sure, whatever. And not really wanting to rise to any kind of challenge. Wants things to be easy for himself primarily. Yeah. Like he he had it rough and now he just wants to, he's on easy street. He's comfortable. <laughs> Why would he disrupt that? But he still wants to, you know, enjoy some adventure.
0: Okay, and what fleshes out his personality with a couple of minor flaws?
1: So I think what fits best with this is his minor flaw would be that he wants people to like him. Like he just wants to, he's very amiable and I think a bit naive. Like naivety would be uh, his minor flaw. That seems playable. And as a second one, I wanted like overconfidence. So he's got a little bit of a a little bit of an ego, a little bit of bravado. And he just he thinks like, oh, yeah, I've got this. He thinks things will be easier for him.
0: Well, that overconfidence.
1: Not uh, not necessarily easier. He just kind of he's very cavalier about stuff. He's just like, oh, yeah, we got it. So we should run these through the test because I'm not entirely certain that these are good. All right. So you're in a tense standoff moments before combat. So. The three flaws unambition, kind of naivety and wanting people to like him, and then overconfidence. Um unambition might be like he's always the last one into combat. Like he always is hoping that this situation de-escalates and maybe is even trying to, but then once it's a foregone conclusion that combat's gonna start, then he'll get in.
0: Yeah. Or if he's trying to still get to whatever goal the party has without the fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Finding ways to not do it in combat, because combat's super tough. I'm not <laughs> at the not that ambitious. Before that fight breaks out, he might just say like, hey everyone, how about we just chill out with some drinks? How about that? We all hit the tavern, I know a great place. <laughs> and then combat, you know, is ultimately probably still gonna happen. Yeah. So I got a little bit of role play in there.
0: But if things you know as they do in D&D if things really start rolling in that direction it creates a much more interesting
1: encounter yeah than just stabby stabby cut yeah exactly uh overconfidence like once he's in maybe he fails often to recognize when a fight is maybe not going in the direction of the party like he's one turn behind realizing that we shouldn't be there anymore. We should probably peace out.
0: Might need a little bit of help.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> like, no, Edric, you're done. We're done. Everyone's leaving. Let's go. Yeah. Or he goes toe to toe with the toughest guy in the room. Doh, He's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, gets right in there and is like, no, you squishy dum-dum. Get out of there. <laughs> what about persuading a person that has something you want? What could I do for that? If he wanted people to like
0: him, he could continue to try and negotiate with a couple of key combatants before and after the fight, (laughs) like offering them stuff or yeah, or trying to trying to make friends with one of them while fighting the others or something like that. That could be pretty funny ongoing role play during the fight, (laughs) and it doesn't it doesn't stop the action. Yeah. All right. So moving on to persuading a person who has something that you want.
1: Well, he's unambitious, so I think maybe. like, mid-negotiation, he's quick to give up. Like, once somebody gives him the first no, he's like, eh, I tried. Which is good for not hogging the spotlight, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that opens it up for the rest of the players to try their hand. Yeah. If he's naive, when the person kind of resists, he just assumes or gives like an excuse or something like that, he's just really quick to be like, yeah, no, I, I get that. All <laughs> right, sounds good. I'm sorry he- to to have bothered you. <laughs> keeps that excuse in his mind brings it up later yeah <laughs> the rest of the party's just like no that wasn't or even you know wanting people to like him he could even get on their side and start convincing the party on behalf <laughs> of them and just like no you guys lay off of him he said that you know this was true
0: yeah overconfidence i mean he could just assume that he's one <laughs> The <laughs> persuasion. Yeah. It's like, okay, guys, we're good. Uh, no, <laughs>
1: we're clearly not. <laughs> or like not reading social cues. Yeah, when the that person is just completely stonewalled. Yeah. And being like, oh, she is super into me. It's like, no, you are reading this situation wrong. She's unsheathing a dagger and is about to stab you. <laughs> and forming a plan with your party. All right. Um, unambitious might just make its way into forming nothing more than a two-step plan. Like maybe his, his plan or the plan that he puts forth initially is always just like, we just go up, knock on the door. I'm sure they'll let us in.
0: We'll bring him a gift.
1: Yeah. Get inside. It's the most obvious route. It's like just the, the simplest of plans the simplest of steps.
0: Yeah. Naive might just means that he keeps assuming that any other plans will work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Or assumes that they only put two guards on the guard posts. It's like, oh, yeah, they have probably got like one guy and he's asleep for that overconfidence piece.
0: Maybe once he starts getting into more detailed plans, he kind of like puts the OK, the fighter can go here and draw these six guys' attention. It's like no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our party's not
1: superhuman. <laughs> You've got those eight guys. Yeah, I've got these eight guys. <laughs> we good. So what about solving a tricky puzzle?
0: Well, the un- unambition there is kind of tricky to work in because you don't want to just be the person that gives up solving the puzzle.
1: Yeah, that is a little bit of a challenge unambitious, but still participating in the activities in the events of the party make puzzle solving kind of tricky. Well, what if he always suggests scenarios that are way outside of the realm of solving the puzzle? Like if it's a big ornate locked door that has clearly magical inscriptions on it he's ready to arm the dynamite or the, you know, explosive spell, clearly not the way that that puzzle was meant to be solved.
0: <laughs> Trying to get in, uh, in other ways.
1: Yeah, it's just like, you guys, this is way easier if we just blow it all up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might ruin some things. As long as you're not getting in the way of other people's attempts.
1: With naivety, he's just kind of assuming that it's not a trap. Or like, you know, for a, a locked puzzle box... Or, yeah, like a trapped hallway that is very clearly trapped. He's the one that's just like, I'm sure this is fine. Like, you you are all making a big deal out of nothing. Wildly dangerous. Wildly dangerous. My character might not live long. <laughs> yeah, it must be stopped. <laughs> okay, what about overconfidence?
0: Well, I think sometimes you can play flaws as not even being detrimental. Like, sometimes a flaw can... Move things forward. It's so like, I'm just thinking with overconfidence, for example, in Indiana Jones, when he's solving all those puzzles to get to the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Like, he he figures out the invisible bridge, and it's pretty confident to just take that step.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just like walk forward despite seeing heads on the floor. Yeah. And he's like, uh, all I mean, right, I'll figure this out midway through ducking and rolling. <laughs> and with that one in particular making sure to
0: actually verbalize some of it because being overconfident is kind of an inherent trait that most people tend to give their characters just because they want things to move forward. Yeah. But you can still role play it out. Yeah. Can we take a bad flaw and put it through this test? Smoking? Smoking. So, in a in a tense standoff moments before combat, they pull out a cigar and they smoke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>
0: Persuading a person who has something you want. They, they s- smoke. They smoke.
1: They maybe blow a smoke ring, forming a plan with your party. Pull out your cigar. <laughs> they smoke.
0: <laughs> smoke <laughs> while you're doing it.
1: Gambling? Like you can't do any of these with gambling. Well, I I suppose you just hey want to gamble?
0: I honestly like gambling as a character trait. Like it's interesting in a lot of scenarios.
1: I'm probably being a little unfair, but yeah, I think even gambling you can run through these. Yeah. So standoff moments before combat, you've got, hey, I'll bet you five bucks I can't take down that big one. Or they make a bet with the baddies. Well, that too. Persuading a person who has something you want. You can gamble in that scenario. Like I can find ways to gamble in most of those. Oh, yeah.
0: Like pulling out your treasured goods and offering them in exchange for what you want. If you win the gamble kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But smoking is just smoking. That's not a (laughs) flaw. You're just smoking. (laughs)
1: As a recap, build your wants and needs because everything is formed off of those, then your major flaw, then two minor flaws, and put that through the test.
0: All right, well, we have the Temple of Inspired Hands to get to where we're gonna to get to talk about some flawed items. This is the Temple of Inspired Hands, where amazing products and revolutionary ideas are brought to light. So when we were talking about all of these flaws, it got me thinking about more D&D specific stuff and magic items are always fun
1: to mess around with. Totally. So I found grizzlyeye.com. That's G I R S L Y E Y E. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh my <Thanks>. god. <laughs> Nobody can follow that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> grizzly like Not the bear, but as in a murder, a grizzly murder, not a grizzly bear. And an I, not like the letter,
0: but the human ball in your head. (laughs) Moving on. Hopefully that all helps. We'll link to the specific blog posts so you don't have to remember anything we've said in the last 20 seconds. (laughs) So that website is a blog and they've got a couple of tables on the specific post that gave some neat ideas for item flaws. Like, for example, a riskier healing potion.
1: Ooh, I want my healing potions to have risk inherent in them. (laughs) Great.
0: Makes things interesting.
1: So what's what's the, the flaw?
0: Well, so yeah, it heals you up, but the flaw is that you also have to make a constitution saving throw to avoid taking poison damage and being poisoned.
1: Shit bag! What back alley discount healing <laughs> store did you get that from? I do not like to go to the major chains. Okay, <laughs> like to save my money.
0: Great for if you have a, a character with a flaw of spending their money on stupid shit. So yeah, that got me thinking. Maybe it's not that hard to come up with interesting flaws for you know different magic items, and I think it always adds some drama to using items when they have those flaws like that.
1: Sure. So you want to run through a couple of magic items and try and give them some flaws?
0: Absolutely. There's a few classic D&D magic items that we've used multiple times that I think would be fun to flawify. Wand of
1: magic missiles? Yeah.
0: So the wand of magic missiles, we don't have to get into all of the rules of it, but basically it shoots blasts of magical energy, automatically does damage. Mm -hmm. I was thinking one of the flaws could be every bolt you roll a D4 for damage yeah so what if on every one that you rolled on that damage die the bolt strikes a it kind of goes off course and just swirls around the room oh shit hits a random target and then you roll damage against so that is not super low
1: oh man that sucks this <laughs> is a
0: little untrustworthy
1: sure oh
0: i mean it's not like game-changingly bad but it's like an ally
1: could get hit Another enemy could get just zapped. What if that magic missile wand had an audible sound that could be heard? Like it was essentially a cannon fire. Okay. Or something a little bit less extreme than that. But somewhere in between. The sound of a Zamboni. (laughs) Is a Zamboni loud? You're Canadian. You should know that they're not all that loud.
0: (laughs) Okay. Sorry. You
1: suck at that. You suck at Canadian. All right. <laughs> no, I'm thinking more like uh yeah, just like a big audible pop, almost like a firework, so that you know, you can't use it stealthily. It's yeah. like the, the shit scenario has played out. Stealth is completely off the board. We might even draw in enemies from uh adjacent rooms if we use this particular wand of magic missiles. Yeah. Okay, what about it, uh something like an immovable rod?
0: This item, if you haven't used it in D&D, is so fun. It's essentially just a short metal rod. has a button on one end. You press it, and that rod does
1: not move. This is the ultimate mess up the plans of your DM. <laughs> if your DM ever gives you one of these, you have ultimate power over them, and you yeah. can extort them for literal money <laughs> because this will throw off every DM's most carefully laid plans.
0: So what if it had the flaw of that button on the end. What if it has a one in six chance of making it stick to your hand for one minute? Oh no. As well as stay <laughs> right where it is.
1: <laughs> oh man. So yeah, you're going to execute said stealth plan. Stop that wagon from moving away by sticking it to its spokes or something like that or in between uh, one of the pins on its you know, various joints. And now instead of being able to put it in place and sneak away, you're stuck there for a minute hoping no one notices you.
0: <laughs> Always a risk to use oh, that. Oh man.
1: Or what if the rod
0: constantly vibrated when it was not engaged? <laughs> it's just rolling around your back. I Is think that weird? you
1: I think you just made oh, no. a not family friendly device. <laughs> okay, I just I I don't know why I can't get away from the audible flaws. I I think they're funny as hell. <laughs> But every time you press the button, you know, going off of your stealth, it just emits an audible, "Ah!" like it it just has like a little fairy inside that just gets squished every time you press that. All right. So that's that's a stupid flaw. Don't use that. What about a bag of holding? What
0: if every third item that goes into the bag ends up in the possession of a notoriously unlikable shopkeeper? (laughs) i would stop
1: using that bag
0: (laughs) all right that's pretty bad this one i like okay this is a ridiculous flaw and nobody else might like it but i like it all right so the the bag of holding is a basically a pocket dimension that holds tons of stuff right yeah so what if there's two pocket dimensions one of them is filled with an unidentifiable sticky goo
1: lovely so everything
0: you pull out it has a 50 percent chance of being covered in an unidentifiable sticky goo
1: yeah you can't sell that
0: the other pocket dimension has an unremovable cat
1: (laughs) that somehow is able to live in the airless pocket dimension yeah
0: it's a magic cat okay so every time you reach in there you got to make a dc 10 dexterity save or take one damage
1: (laughs) of course yeah the (laughs) The cat's clawing up your hands every time you stick it in there. Maybe it tries to grapple your hand or something. I think that just the delight in a party, as soon as you give that to them and the first (laughs) person sticks their hand in and gets clawed, like they're going to have to look and then they're going to get clawed again. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to think it's some kind of eldritch horror inside that bag. Yeah. And then they finally look in and it's just this
0: house angry house cat (laughs)
1: just a pissed off house cat who's been stuck in an airless vacuum forever i dig it
0: all right now i got one more flaw for this one what if the bag writes its most valuable items name in bright letters on the exterior of the bag
1: (laughs) again that is a bag that i don't use 30 platinum and gold yeah on the side (laughs) <laughs> That's how you get jumped. Well, I mean, you can work around it in <laughs> game. Yeah, you'd have to start coming up with all kinds of ways to basically hide that bag while still making it useful.
0: Yeah. Oh, and going back to that, every third item that goes into the bag ends up in the possession of the shopkeeper. Yeah. You don't have to put th- the idea is that you learn that, and then you don't put valuable shit in on the third time.
1: Oh, if you, I if see. You do you game the system? Yeah. So every third one, you're just tossing in a rock. Yeah. Or uh, or a goblin that you captured.
0: But every time you guys go back to that shopkeeper, he's got <laughs> he's... one thing that you forgot to not put in there, and he's super stoked about it.
1: <laughs> or that gives him all the reason to be unlikable because you've done nothing but give him shit. Oh, that's good stuff. All right. Well, I think we've screwed around with flaws for long enough. Before we go, though, we wanted to start highlighting some of the wonderful things you have been saying about the show. Really appreciate it. So here's a review from Apple Podcasts from David Ray.
0: Yeah, these series that make us feel super good and make us keep doing the podcast. So David says, I have found something in every episode of the podcast that I want to use in my campaign. Since listening, I've already added a few things to future plans. The episodes are pretty on point and offer so many small details to make a game more lively and interesting.
1: Thank you so much, David. And I like how you threw in the modifier of pretty on point because (laughs) every once in a while, we definitely take a little bit of a a trek into the weird as the last five minutes have completely evidenced. Yeah, got to go off point. (laughs) Really happy that you're getting a lot from the podcast and that you're actually able to use it in your campaign. That's really cool. So thanks to Tabletop Audio as well for the sound effects that you hear in this episode. You can follow us at Hook and Chance on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, or Reddit. And tell us what you're doing in your games, what
0: flaws you like. We love to hear that kind of stuff because we do not know it all. <laughs> thanks, thanks for, for listening and, and
1: play great game. What are you doing?
0: Playing into my flaw and smoking. That flaw
1: sucks!